Shameless Media. This episode of Everybody Has a Secret is brought to you by TBH Skincare. Skincare that makes you feel flawsome. wondered if someone's having an affair, if their money is a little suspicious, or if the rumours about their family are true. We think everybody is carrying around a secret. And this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm your host and ultimate secret sharer. Producer Eilish, you're right beside me. Hi, Eilish. Hi. Hi. And opposite me today is my co-host, Gemma Watts. Hi. Hi. This is our third recording in a row. This yes. is where the unhinged energy comes out. Yeah. I'm very much got, looking forward to it. We've we've got a scary game out of the way, so yeah. <laughs> smooth sailing from here. This next game, we know that you are a professional mm. at. You're very good at this next game. Alarmingly good. My parents listened to the last one where it was a story that involved them <laughs> that was a lie, and they were like, wait, did, <laughs> did <really>? this happen? <laughs> I'm confused. This is 50-50. A reminder of how this game works. In the glass in front of you, Gemma, you've put in a one-line description of a true story of yours and our producers have put in a completely made-up story title too, which none of us in this pod studio have seen. Then you'll pick one at random, hence the name 50-50. You've got a 50% chance of getting your own story and telling us the truth and a 50% chance you'll have to riff on the spot and convince us of a lie. Are you ready, Gemma? Ready as I'll ever be. Go for your life. Pick away. Oh, you've got your poker face on. I was like, these are the moments yeah. where I try and watch. Fun from someone who's never played poker. <laughs> <laughs> I got so drunk at a Logie's after party that I told Petty Fleur from Real Housewives of Melbourne that she should have won the gold Logie. She wasn't nominated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which year was this? Petty Fleur came on to Real Housewives in the second or third season. So I'm going to say 2017. Okay. And you're a big Housewives fan? No. No. Nope. But you knew Which who is you were speaking to? Yes. Yes. Which is why it's so rogue of me to go up to someone. I did watch the show. Mm-hmm. I've only ever watched the Melbourne version. And I was so hammered that I went up and told her. And I think like... I don't even know who was getting put in the Hall of Fame, but like these, you know, heavy hitters. And I've gone up to Petit Fleur and said, you're the best thing to happen to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you should have won the gold. And what did they say in response? Probably, I think just thank you. And then I <laughs> went on about, I have met her son many years ago. Like I'm going to say 15 years ago. And I then went on to be like, and tell your son I say hi. We're really good friends. And she's like, oh, absolutely. Like, what's your name? I'll let him know. And I'm like, don't worry about that. <laughs> no way. I'm trying to see whether Petit Fleur has a son and how old he would be for these years to add up. He would be my age or a year older. And okay. his name is... Nathan. Mm, that's good oh. stuff. That is very good stuff. Okay, that is correct. I have fact-checked that. You're correct. What were the events that led up to you getting plastered? 
Oh, God. Why'd you get so drunk, gal? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we're at, we've been at the Logies and my sort of godmother was working for nine. So myself and a group of friends would seat fill. Mm-hmm. So, because when they do those big sort of sweeping shots of the room, it's essentially just like Carrie Bickmore sitting there. Like, <laughs> everyone else has gone out for a smoke or whatever. <laughs> so we were seat fillers. So if you're a seat filler, you can't actually drink during the show, but we were invited to the after party. So we had, I mean, how long does the Logies go for? It's a 16-hour broadcast. So we had a lot of drinking to catch up on. Open bar, bon appetit. <laughs> I, my gut is saying it's true. I mean, it would be pretty crazy if I just knew (laughs) the name of a son. (laughs) So how did you meet the son? Mm, That's another good story. As as you may know, I was a backup dancer for Mr. G also at the Logies in 2008. Mm -hmm. And it was girls from my dance school and the boys were recruited from the Rocker Stedford uh, group at De La Salle College. Oh, I remember those Rocker Steadfords. And if you jump on YouTube and search Mr. G at the Logies, who's front centre, baby? Gemma Watts, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that part's not part of this. So that is, that's true. Uh-huh. I am, a, you can, there's YouTube evidence of that. There is not YouTube evidence of me telling Patty Fleur she should have won the gold. <laughs> I wish there was. I, okay, my gut is saying that this is true, but Gemma hasn't really done much to try and at least hint that it could be a lie. Like it's such. Why would I? I don't know. <laughs> she wants us to believe that it's true. Mm. Yeah, I know, but that feels like. There's no holes in the story. Yeah, not not even one. Mm, not even one teensy strange. tiny hole. Because sometimes when I watch games like this, mm. I think, why is that person going so hard on the truth when you are trying to mislead us, you know? Right, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. But again, I have no evidence as to why this would be a lie, so I'm going to lock in true, Eilish. I actually think this is a lie, and I think it's one of those ones where it's almost true. Right, you know? like what oh. what your story was last season, when it was kind of like the, the backstory you told about the pub. <laughs> Which doesn't exist. <laughs> so <laughs> many people from Warrnambool messaged me after that being like, I knew it was a lie. Well, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think it's false. Gemma, reveal. That is 100% the truth. Yeah. And it is the oh drunkest God. I have ever been in my life. Oh. And my one of my best friends, Elise, was with me and um, I blacked out so hard after that that I there is a chunk of the night missing. This is a fun way to digress. I got a text from her. I, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down for a bit. And then I got a text from her because she'd bumped into a friend of ours on the dance floor and she said, come and dance with us. So I did. And I was with them for about an hour. And then I went back and sat down and looked at my phone and it was though I had re- just received the text message. And I said, oh, my God, I can't believe he's here. Like, where are you guys? <laughs> and she was like, we, you, we did this. <laughs> Done this. And then I told Petty Flesh she should have won the gold. I think I, t- I think it was the same year I told Joel Creasy he should have won. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I was just telling I mean, everyone that the public's wrong. <laughs> Facts. I love that drunk you is just like really kind and complimentary. Yeah, it's such a nice contrast yeah. to how I am day to day. <laughs> All right, Gemma, it is time to hear today's oh, secret. I forgot. You forgot that. <laughs> point of the episode. (laughs) Thank you so much, Eilish. Thank you. So today we have a little bit of a shake-up. We have two cigarettes for you today. Love this. 
both under the umbrella of the fakers. <laughs> so here's secret number one. Hi, team. I love you guys. Love you too. I have I'm sure been... that's just for you too, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been carrying this burden for a very long time now. For over 10 years, I've been telling everyone that I am dating and more recently am engaged to a man I have only met once. Oh, Cassie. Oh, no. I have been inventing the story of my life for so long and I don't know how to go back and fix it. I first connected with this guy, Liam, when we were both in high school. We were in an online study forum and exchanged numbers. We texted back and forth every single day for two years straight, but because we lived far apart and were still teenagers, we only ever saw each other in person once. It was an incredibly intense, connected friendship that existed almost purely online. At some point, his messages dried up and he drifted away, but I didn't. I'm still right in that place, excited by his existence, infatuated with him and the idea of what we could be together, as if I'm still a teenager. Back when I was still talking to Liam online, my best friend told me a boy asked her to be his girlfriend and I panicked. I had an extremely strict, limiting childhood with parents who didn't let me experience anything really. I was barely let out of the house and knew my boring home life was going to damage my friendships. So out of desperation to fit in, I exaggerated my friendship with Liam and told her he was my boyfriend. From that day on, I've kept up this lie. It's literally a decade later and I've only embellished more and more. On multiple occasions, I've generated new phone numbers for Liam and created fake WhatsApp conversations and Instagram oh accounts God. to keep up the pretense that we are together, madly in love and now planning a wedding. Once I even pretended we were away on a week-long holiday together, but really just stayed in my apartment all alone. That's the plot of a film. Yeah. <laughs> a sad film. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm a catfish, but... The only person I'm catfishing is myself. I am 27 and have found myself in a bigger hole than you can imagine. At times, this lie has become so deep, so intricate. At some points, I've genuinely convinced myself that we really are together. I feel like I'm on the cusp of losing my mind. And yes, it's not lost on me that I seriously need to book in with psychologist ASAP. <laughs> Beat me to it, girlfriend. <laughs> as the years have gone by, the reasons as to why Liam can't meet the people I love the most have evolved too. I have told stories that largely revolve around drug addiction, that Liam is oh. an addict and is often in treatment or in rehabilitation facilities and therefore isn't in the right state of mind to meet my friends and family. Obviously, given they all now think he's about to become my husband, this is becoming increasingly hard to maintain. What's bizarre is that it turns out my fictional version of events hasn't always been that removed from reality. I created a fake Instagram account recently to talk to Liam and get to know him. And after getting to know him over deep and meaningful DMs, it turns out I was right. Many of the things I invented about him are true. This weird overlap between my imagination and his reality has only confused me more. It's like I really do know Liam without actually knowing him at all. I am so in love with someone who is a stranger and yet isn't really a stranger, if that makes sense. This was a big mistake for me in the end. Liam figured out I wasn't who I was pretending to be on Instagram and called me out on it. I was and am devastated. 
Now I feel dangerously on the edge of everything falling apart and my friends discovering my big lie too. This has destroyed my life. I haven't been able to establish a single meaningful relationship because, even though I know it makes zero sense, in my mind I am Liam's fiancé. I feel like such a terrible person. How do I get myself out of this without losing the people I love? Oh, okay. Oh Firstly, you're not a terrible person, Cassie. No. You're not a terrible person. Wow. It's times like this I feel extraordinarily underqualified to be able to help this person, but I really hope we can come to some sort of... Yeah, I, ha- I have some thoughts. You have some thoughts. I'm either going to ask you about those thoughts... No, I'm going to throw to a break. <laughs> yeah. We are going to touch on those thoughts right after this ad break. Have you been naughty or nice this year? TBH Skincare has declared it's time to dish the dirt and deep cleanse before we head into the new year. Perhaps there's something you've been holding on to that you're not so proud of. Or maybe there's a confession that you're desperate to make. Well, there's no better time than right now. TBH Skincare is here to help you not only cleanse that conscience, but also your skin. TBH Skincare are experts in cleaning up the ultimate mess and betrayal. Yup, we're talking about breakouts. Their new age anti-acne range uses a patented technology that can clean up even the dirtiest of crimes. And they've partnered with us just before Christmas to make sure we can have a good old cleanse and land ourselves on the nice list this year. You can shop the TBH Skincare range online at tbhskincare.com or at your local Coles or Priceline store today. Thank you so much to TBH Skincare for making this episode of Everybody Has a Secret possible. This might be my favourite ever. Yeah, it's super intense. Holy moly. It was interesting because at the start of this secret, up until the point where we found out that Cassie had made up the story about Liam being an addict, I was thinking, okay, this is a hole that she's dug herself into. But when she said, I'm like a catfish, but the only person I'm catfishing is myself... I was like, that's true. The only person really you're hurting at this point is you. I guess you are lying to your friends and stuff. But are they hurt? Like it's not a personal betrayal. It's more like she's lying about something going on in her personal life and it's just kind of like a tidbit for her friends that she's lying about. But then she went on to lie about his addiction, which actually happened to be true, which adds so much complexity. Oh, this is heavy. And then ended up kind of catfishing Liam by creating a fake account. Oh, it's really hard. I mean, okay, to your point, she's right. She was only catfishing herself and then I guess in a way Liam. But I feel like such a terrible person. You shouldn't. You're not. However, I can't guarantee if I were one of Cassie's friends and I found out one of my best friends had been lying to me for a decade that it wouldn't change my perception of them. That may say more about me than it does about the friend, but I would find it really difficult to stomach knowing that a friend had been lying to me for that long. And then I think I would probably start making it about myself. I would be like, am I not a good friend? Did she not feel that she could come to me with this? Mm. You would also start questioning a lot of other things. Everything else. Yeah. We've spoken about this kind of thing on the show before in that when you find out, not that these friends have found out yet, but when you find out a lie this huge 
you yeah. start thinking about all the other tiny lies they might have been, yeah. been this peddling, is I guess. And I do want to say, obviously, the overarching thing here is, Eilish, when you were reading out that secret the whole time, I was just feeling a lot of sympathy for this person because mm. it would be so hard dealing with this lie. Like, she knows what she's done is bad. Yeah. Like, she knows that she's hurting people. I, I mean, as you say, I feel grossly underqualified, but to me, this is a, a person that feels lonely. Yeah. Everyone feels lonely at some point. It's a shame that this is the way that feeling of loneliness has manifested itself because this is going to be a hard one to get out of. Yeah, and I don't know what I would do as a friend of Cassie if I found out my friend had been lying about something like this. I don't either. As much as I would like to say, well, if your friends are true friends, then they will you know, they'll be hurt and they'll be shocked, but they will help you to heal your heart or whatever it might be that needs to happen from here. But I just can't guarantee that that's what I would do. Yeah. When I read the bit where Liam found out she had faked an account or that the person he was speaking to wasn't who she said they were, then I was like, oh, if he can figure it out, then I wonder what the friends are actually thinking. Like, oh I wonder God, if the so friends right. are actually suspecting that something's not right. I, that hadn't crossed my mind, mm. but I'm I'm into it. If People are clever. Yeah, for sure. And it's been years, right? Years of her saying, 10 years of her saying that Liam yeah. was her boyfriend. That's actually such an interesting <laughs> point because now I'm, I'm really just trying to think about what I would do. I think if one of my girlfriends was dating someone, I, I mean, if they'd been together for a year and I hadn't met the bloke and there was no reason, like, he lives overseas, mm. he's in the army, then I'd... What's going on? Oh, I'd be demanding no, a meetup. You have no photos of the two of you together, and I can spot a Photoshop. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the bit where she said, "I come from like a really strict family, or oh, like a really yeah. limiting childhood," it just ties in with the loneliness, I guess, or her feeling like she doesn't maybe have a ton of experience and isn't even ready for it because that wasn't the environment that was yeah. nurtured for her when she was young. The fact that it stemmed from wanting to feel like she could keep up with her friends and what was going on in their lives, that breaks my heart. And I also think to an extent a lot of people would be able to relate to that feeling. I absolutely can. Yeah, because yeah. I certainly remember when I was like 16 and all my friends had kissed a boy, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I've got to force it. <laughs> yep. I had so the, I, yeah, the same. Yeah, so I cannot imagine coming from a childhood then where that was all kind of stifled for yeah. you anyway. You've said, Gemma, oh. you've reassured Cassie that her behaviour isn't terrible. No, this is not a characteristic of a terrible person. No. It's it's just not. It's someone who, and this I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, it is certainly exhibiting traits of someone who may not be the most trustworthy. If you can keep up a lie of this size for mm. 10 years, that as a friend would unnerve me a bit. Yeah. But you shouldn't feel like a terrible person because as we keep coming back to, you haven't hurt anyone else. Yeah. You're just a human who has been through it or yeah. like has a lot of personal history that I think shapes a lot of yeah. your behaviour. Big time. What should Cassie do? I know. I was like, because <laughs> she's acknowledged I need this to see a I'm, psych. Yeah. Like, what yeah. I... I really think there's only one option and that is to come clean at the risk of really damaging those friendships. Let's say the worst case scenario happens and that is that all of these friends that she's lied to turn around and say we can't maintain a friendship with someone who has 
willingly lied to us for the better part of a decade. If that's the way it goes, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Mm. But you can make new friends. You there is there is always the opportunity to start fresh with a clean slate. Mm. I am hopeful that people will appreciate the honesty and they will come at it with empathy and understand that you are, you know, struggling. But I think the only thing to do is to come clean and risk it. Yeah. And friends tend to surprise you. Like yeah, you may that's be true. fearing the worst, but they could consider your behavior with all of the context that you'd taken us through. Mm. I wonder the way I'm perceiving her interactions with Liam, I think have confused me a little bit. Yeah. Because I imagine Liam would have felt really scared at the point where he found out that the person he was speaking to online was oh, yeah. lying to him. And in that scenario, I wonder if she owes him the truth. Like, did she ever tell him that it was her? Yeah, I wonder when Liam figured out who I wasn't pretending to be, but I wonder if he knew that it was someone that he did interact with many, many years prior. Yeah. What's to be gained from telling Liam that, though? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I think I would just let sleeping dogs lie. (laughs) Set it it free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think that she should be honest with her friends. Mm. I imagine that she's thinking, that Cassie is thinking, or or I could not tell the truth and try and do some internal excavation, see a psych, say I broke up with him, for example, and then we could move on and I could start fresh without burning these bridges. That's an alternative. That's just a devil's advocate opinion. I don't think it's going to work. I told someone last season that they should consider moving to Mexico. I was joking, but at the same time, like, oh, that's not the worst idea. I don't think that works here. Yeah. Mm. I do not think that works here. I think you do need to come clean because otherwise, if anything is left unsaid, she could just start it again. Yeah, like if you give yourself... You need to just get it out of your system. Yeah. This was all a lie. Because if you give yourself that allowance so early on, you're bound to do that kind of thing again. Whereas if you start fresh with like, this is the new set standard, I can do this. Yeah. She's got a better chance, I think, of improving her situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said there was a second secret, Eilish. I oh do. My God, I'm wondering so what this one's about, because how how could we add more nuance to this <laughs> yeah, conversation? I'm like I imagine. over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very interested to see what you think about this one. Okay. This secret comes from Jodie. Hi, Annabelle and co. I'm honestly not sure anyone in my life knows the extent of this secret, and when I allude to it, my loved ones think I am joking. Over 10 years ago, I got a job in the tech industry. It was an entry-level role, and I only got the job because a family friend worked at the company and specifically vouched for me. I'm sure the fact that I landed this position would have raised eyebrows if anyone else bothered to look at my CV. I have no relevant qualifications or experience for this position. I was not studious at school. I went to a low-standing university and got a completely irrelevant degree. And I didn't even do well at it. I messed around with partying and got poor grades the entire way through. I didn't have a passion for the tech industry or the company, and I certainly don't now. My job is completely meh. I don't hate it, but I don't care about it either. And yet, after a decade in the company, I've been promoted seven times. I now head up a department in the operations area of the business and manage a team of employees below me. I earn an extremely good wage that's very, very far above the national average. So my secret is this. I know basically zero about the business or industry still. I am not good at my job and am basically clueless. 
I've simply managed to befriend people higher up in the business, which has earned me multiple legs up in the company, above people who deserve it far more than myself. I cannot emphasize this enough. I breeze through day to day doing very little. And when a question arises that I don't know the answer, I Google it and change the wording so I don't immediately draw attention to my incompetence. Why is this a slave in my mind? <laughs> I mean, I have, I have so much that I want to say. Day to day, I do the bare minimum, take long lunches and exaggerate whatever small tasks are on my plate to appear like I'm busier than I am. Before you try to console me and say something like imposter syndrome, let me assure you, I am not suffering from imposter syndrome. Oh, honey, wasn't gonna. (laughs) (laughs) I am genuinely an imposter who networked and faked her way to the top. I do not understand half of the language that is used in our meetings and would struggle to even talk through what my job description means. In fact, I don't think I could have really explained any of my roles from the second promotion onwards. Now, obviously, I'm not a moron. I have a lot of street smarts and intelligence, but I've used the intelligence I do have to avoid discovery as a fraud rather than actually learn the role itself. My conscience about all of this has been clear until recently, when one of my friends who joined the company at the same time as me has just left. This friend worked their butt off for years and has never received a single promotion. This sort of shifted my focus to evaluate what I'm doing and consider whether potentially taking opportunities from people who deserve it more than me is morally wrong. I've never necessarily cheated to get my position, but I have exaggerated, bluffed, and faked it. I have also heavily lent on connections and friendships to advance my own interests and make more money, even when I haven't earned it. I've started to feel guilty and wondering whether it's only a matter of time until I'm found out. What should I do? This is how people have been existing in the corporate world for many, many years. You are not alone here. Yeah. Like while I also acknowledge that her friend is sad that her friend didn't get a promotion and whatever, there is great skill in being able to network like this and climb the ladder like this. I truly think I could go to the top end of Collins Street right now and just (laughs) ask some people in suits, not necessarily men, but... And just... (laughs) shove a microphone in their face and say, explain your role and what your company does to me. And I think a lot of them will go, uh, project management. They just whip out all this like corporate fluff, yeah. I guess, which I think that Jody would have the ability to do. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, I know you joked during that secret, Gemma, that like, oh, I wasn't going to ask about imposter syndrome. Nah, God, no. I think actually Jody is incredibly self-aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I wonder if there is something that's missing, like the fact that she is so self-aware and she's thinking that what she's doing is fraudulent, like she's thinking that she's living a lie, right? Well, I think it's the friend thing. Yeah. I think it's now that she's going, oh, if I hadn't accepted this promotion, maybe my friend would have or someone else who, quote, unquote, deserves it mm. would have made it up the ladder. The big thing for me, I don't subscribe to the theory that you have to live and breathe your job I think that there are people who can just go and work nine to five and then leave and like that's awesome and then live a really rich and fulfilling life outside of work so I don't think it's a red flag necessarily that she doesn't have a passion for the industry or the company or know anything about it but I do think there's got to be something better for her yeah it's kind of like the fact that she's stewing over this so intensely and it's really eating up yeah her insides I don't know if it's Oh, I mean, maybe the money's really great, but I don't yeah. know if it'd be worth it. I do think the fact that she's been in this job for 10 years and has managed to climb the ladder 
a part of me is like maybe she is underselling herself because how would oh, you be able networking's to networking's massive. But how would you be able to like manage a team yeah. of juniors without Knowing a bit about the company. Kind of sounds like she's not. I think if you have a good team under you, you could probably be like, well, looks like you guys have got it under control. Delegate, <laughs> delegate, delegate. I'm going to go have lunch again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm nibbly. No, I, <laughs> that's true. That is true. It kind of reminds me of this is such a weird thing to bring up, but right now I'm re-watching The Good Place on Netflix. Oh, yes. Essentially, for those who don't know about it, it's about a woman who has been assigned the good, like she's gone to heaven essentially, mm. but she's actually a terrible person. Not saying that Jodie is a terrible person, but it's quite similar. The whole time she's kind of stewing on this guilt, like, yeah. oh my God, I know I don't belong here. I need to tell someone. Yeah, and then it turns out, oh, this is going to be a big spoiler. Yeah, if you haven't seen the season one finale of The Good Place, I mean, I picked the twist, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty slave. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, I'd say we're nearing the end of this episode. You could just turn it off. Yeah. No, no, hang on. Wait, wait, just fast forward a minute. Forward. And make sure you leave a review. <laughs> you like and subscribe, etc. Essentially, the shtick is that she's actually in the bad place. Mm. They're actually in the bad place. And the and fact that was the torture. Yeah, the torture was having her sit with this lie, I guess. So in that same vein, maybe the fact that Jodie feels so guilty, what I was saying before, maybe it's not worth it. It's up to her to weigh up. Yeah, I think my advice, if you will, for Jodie would just be maybe like, Take some stock of what you actually want to do and what you're actually passionate about. It's kind of a hard one because if if her guilt is coming from accepting promotions over people that have worked for them and deserved them, it's not entirely on her. That's on the people that are offering her the promotions. There's Mm -hmm. an entire corporate structure that needs to be dismantled and subsequently analysed. But I think it's probably worth just looking, okay, what am I actually passionate about? Maybe looking at a career change or maybe just... You know, make as much money as you can and then get the hell out of there. Yeah. I don't know. I do keep flip-flopping because I know I just said this could be like the bad place for her and she should live a life of happiness and if she's not happy here, she should try and find something else because like YOLO, Mm. you know. But then again, I think perhaps on the other hand, she just exhibits qualities that work for a higher up. Like maybe her friend actually was deserving in a way that they were hardworking and all that, but maybe they didn't have the ability to be in a position like Jodie is in. Maybe it's because we don't know the whole story. Yeah. We don't know, for example, what this friend is like at work. But I think that maybe Jodie is a little bit underselling herself. Yeah, I, she uses the word fraud. I don't think that she's a fraud no. unless it's like suits and she's pretending. <laughs> yeah. But I, that's not a spoiler. I think it's in the first episode. I don't know. I haven't really it watched it. But episode. I don't think that she's a fraud. Like if, if she were, if, you know, she walked into a hospital and said, I am a doctor. Yeah. I will be able to do all the surgeries today. Yeah, that's fraudulent. But if the company's functioning fine and you haven't hurt anybody, eh, there's a lot lot of jobs that you don't need to have a formal qualification for. No, right? maybe you just need to be a big people person, yeah. which Jodie seems to be. So I think the question of what do I do is simply, I'm sorry, Jodie, but it's in your hands. Yeah, you really, what's more important to you? If you Money? are happy to, you know, deal with the guilt, or maybe this has helped her get rid of some of that maybe. guilt, then keep doing what you're doing. But yeah. if you, yeah, maybe this, I just think the fact that she is, has written in says that maybe she is reevaluating. I think it's worth just take a take a little sabbatical. Think yeah. about what you actually want to do. Go from there. I think it's just that classic way up that everyone goes through. Would you want your career to be just like an income? Like do you live to work or do you work to live essentially? Yeah, yeah. So if she feels like she's got 
this passion niggling inside of her that she wants to pursue something else yeah. and she could potentially be happier, go for that. But if the money is great and you want to sustain a life outside with that money rolling you yeah. underneath. Yeah, but it is essentially in your hands. Unfortunately, yeah. Because yeah. this isn't a question of like, are you a bad person or not? I don't really think that she's hurting anyone this is just like what do you want to do with your life yeah I think unfortunately she's just a little too self-aware and it is is at this point it maybe is hurting her like if she because there's probably so many people in this industry that Mm. just don't think about their situation like this that are and I could name names (laughs) yeah but I won't because I'm not getting cancer today (laughs) you've done so well Gemma (laughs) you've managed to take us to the end of the episode (laughs) without getting (laughs) cancelled thank you so much everybody for listening to this episode of everybody has a secret Gemma thanks for being here Thank you for having Thank me. You. My voice has also lasted this entire three <laughs> episodes. It. We did it. To those at home listening, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you have a secret you're itching to spill, feel free to email your secret to us at hotline at shamelessmediaco.com. Everything we read will, of course, be kept completely anonymous. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at Everybody Has a Secret Pod and on TikTok at Everybody Has a Secret. Bye bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.